Are you ready to take your leadership and your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate, evolve, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world. And you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of Metcalf & Associates and the Innovative Leadership Institute. I work with leaders and their organizations to identify the trends that will most likely disrupt their business and develop business strategies and business and leadership practices to leverage those trends to create strategic advantage. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organization. I'm also an adjunct faculty member in universities in the U.S. and Germany. I am excited that today we have guest Guru Wasudeva, who has one of the top listening audiences. So if you are one of his regular listeners, welcome back. Guru is a Senior Vice President and Chief Information Officer of Application and Data Services at Nationwide, a Fortune 100 financial services and insurance company. In this role, Guru manages a shared service organization that provides program and project delivery, software engineering, requirements and testing, and supports services for the enterprise. He's responsible for the lean and agile transformation of application development and maintenance functions across Nationwide. Guru has over 25 years of experience in operations and information technology. Before joining Nationwide, he spent six years at IBM as an executive architect focused on conceptualizing, selling, and delivering large internet-based business solutions for insurance, retail, and government organizations. He has also worked at AT AT&T and Tata Consulting Services. He is a results-oriented leader who has demonstrated success in strategic planning and leading transformational initiatives, as well as running and continuously improving large-scale operations. So the goal of this Voice America show is to provide valuable information to enroll leaders and emerging leaders that will prepare them to lead organizations in these dynamic times, which to me means that as we are dealing with accelerating rate of change, we as leaders need to change how we lead, continually update it, building on what we've done in the past that's been successful, and in some cases, letting go of things that are less successful. And the reason Guru is such an interesting guest is he'll be talking about DevOps and specifically how he has led the organization of over 200 teams to transform their organization, which means leadership changes, culture changes, and process changes, driving significant business results. So he is both a technology leader and a transformational leader and has done it on large scale in a large organization over a number of years. So there are some people who are occasionally successful. Guru has a proven track record of success, large scale, over more than a decade. So welcome back. Thank you. Let's talk about this show is a continuation of prior shows. Tell us a little bit about what last and why this was important to share now. So in the last couple of uh, shows, we talked about, first one was focused on lean and agile journey. Mm -hmm. How do you drive at an enterprise scale, right? Uh, At Nationwide, we spend more than a billion dollars on IT. We've got thousands and thousands of people doing software engineering. Mm -hmm. We talked about how to embrace agile at a Mm -hmm. company like Mm -hmm. us and how to leverage lean as a way to scale the agile practices across our different software engineering teams. Uh, And then the one after that, we talked about continuous learning, how to create a culture of learning, Mm -hmm. and we shared a number of different ideas. And this time, there is a if you're in software engineering or IT, there is a huge amount of buzz about DevOps. And we are really trying to say, how do we leverage the work that we have done in Agile and Lean? And how do we embrace the new concepts that are there in DevOps, but then do it in a way that it's sustainable across more than 200 software development 
teams that we have across the company. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think it's, it's a continuation, but there are some new insights from this time. Journey. Of course there are. We've been yeah. doing this, right? Yeah. So how is nationwide IT using DevOps to improve their overall productivity? You know, that's, you know, in order to answer that question, first, we need to really unpack what is DevOps, what's okay. different about it okay. compared right. to Agile and Lean, right? Agile is about a software development methodology that's now mm. almost 18 years old. Really? Right? Wow. Uh, even though we talk about it as if it's new, it's really the manifesto came out in 2001. Okay. Uh, and it really embraces this concept that we don't know everything to plan long term. Mm-hmm. As a result, we want to be able to flex as we discover new information. So let's not plan three years out, but instead incrementally unpack information, the software that we develop, share with users every other week so that they give us feedback and then continuously kind of elaborate on the concept. Okay, but I want to add one piece in here. Mm-hmm. Because you say we don't plan three years out, but I think you actually do, right? Mm -hmm. You have a plan. You have a macro plan, but then you are willing to change that plan based on user feedback Mm -hmm. or the market adoption, right? And the reason I say that Mm -hmm. is I hear people say, well, now we're agile. We don't need plans. No, that is absolutely (laughs) wrong. Okay, that's why I'm... (laughs) macro level plan, what you really do is you are willing to really change based on the new information, but you don't really plan out every activity. So, right? so it's a high-level high conceptual level plan, plan knowing we'll fill in the details as we as go. As we go, exactly. And I talk about leading enterprises the same mm-hmm. way you lead DevOps, mm-hmm. that we need a big strategy. That's right. But we don't need precise plans because... The world is too dynamic yeah. to plan everything out, mm-hmm. right? But having plan no plan is also a bad idea. Exactly, exactly. It's a, it's a balancing act. Mm-hmm. It's a how far do you go. Now, what DevOps does is it really says that I want to bring software engineers Mm -hmm. and infrastructure people, operations people, Mm -hmm. together and make this software development even more productive, not just using agile concepts, but through engineering and automation. That's the new concept here. It is the collaboration between app developers and infrastructure people using automation so that you can you can increase the speed at which you can mm-hmm. not only develop software but also put it into production. So can you give a concrete example because I think I know what you mean? Yeah. But if I'm wrong then I'm completely misunderstanding. Yeah. So concrete example would be let's say if you're using agile to develop a new website, okay? Okay. Every week you have got a group of users that come and give you feedback. And they tell you what you thought that you're building is not exactly what they wanted, and you change. Sounds like you're my right. Life. Uh, it is our <laughs> life. And then you adapt and mm-hmm. you build a software, right? Yep. That now your user community is very happy with, and now you're ready to put it into production. Okay. In a big company like Nationwide or any, mm-hmm. any mm-hmm. large organization, putting that into production means you're to submit a number of tickets to our Mm. infrastructure team. And infrastructure team doesn't release everything every day. They release it every month, right? It's a huge amount of time that takes. Mm -hmm. What DevOps really tries to do is, what if we could bring this agility to the infrastructure team? What if we don't have to really do a number of manual steps to put this with this application, web web application into production? Mm Instead, what if developers can just press a button and it goes into production, right? So you hear about like Facebook and Amazon and others releasing new capabilities every day. The way they do it is through automation. Okay, because there there are all the tasks that need to happen to responsibly release. Correct. Without blowing up everything. That's right. And then the other big concept here is that Historically, because releasing something into production mm-hmm. required huge amount of integration testing, a lot of number of steps, that's because we used to plan for big changes to systems. Okay. What if the changes that we are releasing 
are small incremental changes, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then you're not afraid to make those type of changes, small changes, mm-hmm. because you know if something goes wrong, how to roll back. If you have and it's that simply a rollback. Rollback. Okay. If you plan into instead of like long releases, big releases, instead if you can start thinking about what if I could just make small changes and mm-hmm. willing to take the risk to put it into production. Mm-hmm. If you just change that mindset, it, it's easy mm-hmm. to say, but hard to do. Right. Then what you realize over a period of time is you become less afraid to make changes because you're making changes very frequently every day, every week. Now, that requires completely rethinking how app teams and infrastructure teams work together. And to take this then for people not in IT, mm-hmm. same concept, yeah. right, that I'm trying to make changes. Yeah. This happens to be to DevOps, but I, I could do it in an engineering firm or a consulting firm or an, an accounting practice. Mm-hmm. Is there a I, way to really relate this concept to other industries? I think let's take something, let's say, in uh, uh, logistics, okay, let's say. Okay. Great. If you are trying to change the way some supply chain works or mm-hmm, something that mm-hmm. you, if you wait for 100 different ideas to come together mm-hmm. and you implement that change, that's a big change, right? And it what takes a long time. It takes a long time because you're worried about all the little things mm-hmm. that can go wrong. Mm-hmm. What if you could just say that instead of having these massive changes packaged together and we're going to mm-hmm. do them every six months, what if you say every week I'm going to listen to feedback and mm-hmm. I'm going to make tweaks along the mm-hmm. way, right? That's kind of the idea. In fact, I talked to a future guest the other mm-hmm. day who was talking about pop-up distribution centers. Yeah. So that would be a good example of we're going to test it. Yeah. They're going to be stocked with a few of our highest priority SKUs during mm-hmm. Black Friday. Yeah. If it's not perfect, it's still better than the old system. That's right. I've tried something. I'm going to learn something from mm-hmm. it. And then I'm going to make the idea better. So the whole idea is instead of making big changes, mm-hmm. can you really package it into smaller releases that you're not too afraid to make the change, right? And in DevOps, it's also technology enabled. That's right. And if you can do it using automation, then it's even better. Because if it Mm -hmm. fails, you have a way to roll back. Mm -hmm. Or you can avoid all the manual steps. As a result, you can reduce the time it takes to really put something into production. You know, in many ways, IT has been automating away everybody else's business, right? <laughs> no, now they're automating away their own. Their own business. <laughs> That's kind of, think about DevOps is really, we are automating away our own business. That seems kind of poetic, doesn't Isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it's very hard for people to really come to grips with it because we always thought that automation was not changing our job. It was changing all the their other manual jobs. job. <laughs> if you look at inside IT, there is a ton of work that we do that is very much manual. And Mm -hmm. what if you could automate it? So I'm imagining that you are very popular with the finance community. Yes. And not always thrown a party when your IT people see you. Well, that is so true. (laughs) Right, you know, because many of the ideas that I really have been championing, whether it be lean or DevOps, Mm they're really about making our business more efficient and more effective. Mm -hmm. Uh, That means that finance people love it, right? Now, IT people who love change, who are willing to really learn and grow, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, love these things too. But if you're resistant to change, they may not like guru. Well, or if their job goes away, they might not like you either. That is true. That is true. That's why, you know, the previous topic that we talked Mm. about is relevant, right? Mm. We've done so many things at Nationwide Mm -hmm. IT to really create this continuous learning culture. We talked about in the previous show Mm -hmm. about teaching Thursdays. Every other Thursday, we set aside two hours. We offer 20, 30 classes on variety of different topics. So if you are driven and you think that your job is going to be impacted, 
you, you have options to go. We have made mm-hmm. deals with uh, Columbus State to really figure out mm-hmm. is there opportunity if you want to learn cybersecurity or data and analytics or Java programming, right? So we all have to be willing to really learn and grow to thrive in this new world. And if we don't do it, someone else is going to do it. I think that's a really important message. We've done several interviews Mm -hmm. on workforce development, talent shortage. Mm -hmm. Where do people come from for these new jobs? And the idea that Nationwide is investing in moving people from old jobs to new jobs Mm -hmm. seems like one of the things we expect of solid companies. Yeah, absolutely. We take that as our responsibility to give variety of different options. Now, at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, people have to make those choices. People have to invest their time Mm -hmm. into these kinds of things, right? We set aside the block on a Thursday. Mm -hmm. We give the courses, but it's not like everybody takes them, right? So if I don't show up, it's my own problem. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not just companies' responsibility. At the end of the day, being ready for tomorrow is all of our responsibility. And companies should provide the infrastructure, if you will, or the training programs, environment. That's why I focus so much on this concept of continuous learning. I mean, every year host a tech conference. It is the largest technology conference in Columbus. That's hosted by Nationwide, hosted by Nationwide for Nationwide employees only, right? And we offered it, like in the last February, we had one. We had more than 2,000 people, nationwideers come to that conference, more than 200 courses provided at that time. Right? Well, and, and your interviews have well over 2,000 listens. So I assume a few of those might be coming from Nationwide. It is possible. <laughs> yes. Um, we've got a lot of IT people in Nationwide. Yes. Well, and there is benefit to knowing what your leaders are thinking about. And yeah. I'm sure you communicate in a lot yeah. of different ways. But there is benefit to knowing what Mm -hmm. you're thinking about. Yeah. So on that note, we're going to take a break. We will be back momentarily. Guru Vasudeva, Maureen Metcalf talking about implementing DevOps and changing mindsets and creating an environment of continuous learning so that as we implement new systems, we help our people move along with us. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Metcalf & Associates is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and business. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, Metcalf & Associates has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the perpetual capacity to identify and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. Metcalf & Associates offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. We are talking to Guru Wasudeva 
and uh, specifically about DevOps. And so we talked a little bit about what it is. And since this is a show on leadership, let's talk about how you're leading the journey. Yep. You know, we've got a great team. So everything that I'm about to share is not about me personally, but rather mm-hmm. our our leadership team, how mm-hmm. we are really driving this DevOps journey, right? So we kind of quickly noticed that we have been successful with agile and lean uh, deployment because we mm-hmm. agreed on what are the best practices. And we used lean management system to take the concepts from few teams to 200 plus development teams, right? That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. We have uh, around 9,000 people working in IT. Out of that- Big percentage of the company. It is. Out of that 5,500 are our employees, the rest are contractors. Of those people, a significant portion of them uh, work in software development and support, right? So when you talk about 200 teams that are doing software development, I'm talking about creating new software. Each Mm -hmm. one of them might have around 12 to 20 people. Uh, that's kind of the range. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a lot of people, right, mm-hmm. uh, doing new software development. So we also took some time to think about any time in IT, and I'm sure this is true in mm-hmm. other parts of the industries, uh, that any new concept emerges, there are all kinds of consultants writing all kinds of things, <laughs> right? And it, it becomes as if if you talk to some people in the industry, mm-hmm. what is DevOps, it's like the whole nine yards, okay? Agile, lean, everything is embedded in DevOps. Folded in, yeah. We needed to figure out what was new about DevOps. And I tried to really highlight in the mm-hmm. previous segment uh, that it's really focused around the interaction between the app developers and infrastructure people okay. and automation. These are the two new things that builds on top of agile and lean concepts. So that it's not all conflated. It's not conflated, it's not confusing, right? Because agile can apply to a lot of things that aren't DevOps related. That's right, exactly. And same with lean, lean That's can right. be That's right, used in many manufacturing, right? So we had already deployed our curated st- set of best practices in mm-hmm. agile and lean across these 200 plus development mm-hmm. teams. So we needed to figure out then, how do we really embed uh, this DevOps concepts in there, and how do we break the barrier between app dev teams and infrastructure teams? Right. Ah, okay. So you've got the cultural silos. Side, still a side little bit. Exactly. So we decided that one way to do it is to do a couple of experiments, parallel experiments. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, we also had um, oh, at the uh, technical conference a couple of mm-hmm. years ago, we had invited Gene Kim. He is uh, one of the authors of the DevOps Handbook. It's one okay. of the famous books that I've got a copy here. Him and Jess Humble and a, bu- a couple of others have written this book. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the Bible in this industry. Okay. okay. So what we decided is let's bring this book and do a book study at that, that per- one of the chosen team level, right? Mm-hmm. So we requested, you know, who wants to be part of this experiment? Two teams raised their hands. And we said, would you mind starting with a DevOps handbook book study? Okay. Mm-hmm. So the team started to really learn. We also... Both teams did the handbook? Both teams did the okay. handbook. And okay. they did it independently, okay. right? And um, every other week, the leadership team, myself and a couple of my CIO council peers mm-hmm. and software engineering experts and infrastructure experts, we would go visit those teams mm-hmm. and learn from them what's working, mm-hmm. what's not working, what are they learning by going through this um, book study, book club. It was fascinating. They quickly learned that are a lot of these ideas that are really in this book uh, some of them we had already implemented as part of our uh, agile, agile implementation. I wondered exactly, about that. right? But the new ones, like this idea of going from big releases to going to smaller batches of releases. Oh, specifically on releases, because yeah. I'm thinking agile is all about make the latest decision. That's uh, right. The smallest decision as late as you can. And That's right. Implement. But then all here we are going from not only developing, but can you release them into production? Ah, so I've I followed an agile methodology, but then they get backlogged into backlogged releases. into releases, ah, right? That's okay. why when you talk about DevOps, you often hear this concept of continuous delivery not only develop, but can you continuously deliver into production, right? In order to make that happen, teams, we ask them, okay, what resources do you you need? These development teams 
historically used to be software developers, analysts, testers, right? Mm -hmm. We also brought a couple of people from infrastructure and embedded them into these individual teams. In the DevOps teams. DevOps teams. And we kind of empowered those infrastructure people to say, you can break the rules, okay? What does that mean, break Uh, the rules? So uh, the infrastructure teams historically have developed a huge set of rules. Those are based on best practices like ITIL uh, Mm -hmm. that talks Mm -hmm. about change management, how do you do change reviews, how do you do releases, and those kinds of things, which is all focused on this idea that I want to avoid any system outages, which is the primary thing that availability of the system is the king in the infrastructure world, typically. Well, in IT overall, right? Overall, right. Business stops. That's right. If the system is down, then everything stops, right? Mm -hmm. That's what we have done as an industry over the last couple of decades, try to get availability up, right? Mm -hmm. But these same practices have also slowed slowed down our ability to release new functionality, Mm -hmm. continuous delivery, right? Mm -hmm. So we told these couple of uh, engineers that we embedded in these um, infrastructure people that were part of these teams, you have the license Mm -hmm. to kind of go question those rules, right? To see... With the intent of maintaining availability and speed. And speed, right? So then what you begin to realize is, then we started to ask the question, what are the roadblocks that's coming in your Mm -hmm. way Mm -hmm. to really increase the speed of delivery? And some of those are ideas that may have made sense 10 years ago, but no longer necessary because there is better tools available, Mm -hmm. better automation available, right? Mm -hmm. But over a period of time, organizations build a set of working behaviors, mindsets, right? Mm -hmm. And they get stuck and nobody questions them. Right? It's similar to how humans behave mm-hmm. in that our brains build neural pathways. Exactly. And, and we are programmed. It becomes a habit. Physio- well, our physiology is now programmed to follow the habit. Exactly. That's, and those habits keep us safe. Safe. But if you want to build new habits, you have to say, how am I going to really question uh, those mm-hmm. habits? Mm-hmm. And sometimes... You know, one of the uh, the concepts that I learned a long time ago is in order to change habits, you need to create new rituals. Let's mm-hmm. say that you want to really change the way mm-hmm. you eat. Uh, people talk about how change your diet for 21 days, right? Mm-hmm. The way you do it is then for 21 days, if you consciously do something different, that ritual then could lead to new habits, right? And it requires a great deal of awareness and consciousness, consciousness while you are making the change. Exactly. So we obviously run thousands of systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't want to really change everything everywhere because our availability is good. We don't want to really mess that up <laughs> in order to embrace DevOps. <laughs> but we wanted to see, can we do this in two teams? Mm-hmm. So for example, uh, how you do performance testing, mm-hmm. right? For a variety of different reasons, uh, we had decided there is only one team that does performance testing and you give them a request, Mm -hmm. and then you wait for them to really do the performance testing, and they give you some results back. Okay. But that's too late in the game because you can only ask this team. Oh, and if they're busy doing other other stuff, it goes in queue. Exactly. What if you could just empower this software development team itself to run the performance test whenever they want it? Right? And it sounds like this isn't such a hard thing that only one specialized guy in the company can do Correct. Especially... Even if they can create the test scripts, mm-hmm. anybody can run it if you just make the space available, okay. right? Are the scripts available? So it's simple things like that, or like mm-hmm. database changes. For a variety of different reasons, IT companies have really said those changes can only be done by XYZ people. What mm-hmm. if you used automation to make that change, take it from development environment to test environment to production using automation? right? Mm-hmm. So we started to really learn what are the best tools out there in the industry to break down these barriers for our teams, right? Mm-hmm. And we did this over a period of several months, three, four months, right? And meanwhile, they finished the book study, and they started to really internalize what comes in the way of our speed, and how can we really break those barriers. Mm-hmm. In order to do this, we needed new metrics. 
it's interesting. It's one thing to really talk about, I want to increase speed. But if you don't know, if you don't measure your speed, then you really don't know whether you're making improvements mm -hmm. or not, mm -hmm. right? So we introduced a few uh, metrics. That is, how frequently do you release changes into production? Okay, so I have the perception and then there's the data. The reality, right? Uh, typically, it turns out that we only released changes every month because that is the release weekend, mm -hmm. right? Now we said you can change things as long as you've been mm -hmm. certified. Right, right. Only in these two teams, right? You can release every day as long as you think that y you have a ways to make sure that mm -hmm. availability is not impacted, right? Okay. The other concept was also how long does it take for an idea to germinate for that idea to go into production? Okay, so I, I have a business problem that I want to solve. That's right. I talked to someone from DevOps. Mm -hmm. They develop, write the scripts, test, then, that's move right. to production. Production. In lean term, that's lead time, okay. right? Lead time from idea to production. Okay. We didn't have these measures before, right? Really? We didn't okay. have these metrics because we focused on availability, uh, on time of, completion yeah. of a project, on time, mm. uh, you know, budget, those kinds of things. Yeah. Traditional, Traditional project, management. project management or infrastructure metrics. We didn't have these metrics mm -hmm. that are key to really measuring the new thing that we're trying to do, which is mm -hmm. increasing the speed of releasing things into production and the frequency of releasing things into production. And I'm assuming all of those releases tie to customer satisfaction. That's right. Bottom line results. And those metrics don't change, mm -hmm. right? But you need some new metrics to make sure that you're, you're able to respond to the market faster. Mm -hmm. You're able to release them in smaller chunks, right? Mm -hmm. So we introduced these new metrics and that allowed us to get a baseline Mm -hmm. How long does it take today? Mm -hmm. And then ask the question, are we happy with it? So, for example, um, once requirements have been, like an idea has been kind of analyzed mm -hmm. and the requirements has this particular software development team, mm -hmm. typically in our company, it takes 88 days for it to go into production. Okay. So almost three months. Three months. Okay. Calendar days, working Ca days. Uh, this is calendar days. Okay. okay. So three months. Imagine... If I told you out of those 88 days, two, two, days. two days are spent actually in development. Only yeah. two days. Okay. The rest of the time is spent in other activities. Or in queue. In queue, waiting, and so on. So mm -hmm. if my memory serves me right, it is two days develop in development, 17 days in testing, and then a bunch of days, like 50 plus days, waiting for it to go into production. Wow. Right? So once you have the data, you can start to say, is that okay? Or what can I do to... Is, no, it's not yeah, okay. <laughs> what can I do to 50 days it? of waiting time. Waiting time, right? And mm -hmm. for some things, you may say, you know, for this functionality, I don't care. But right. typically, if you can put it into production after you've developed it, you want to release you it. develop it? Yeah, once, once you're developing, you want to be able to release it mm -hmm. when you're ready, right? Right, yeah. And... That requires us to change the whole handoff process between our development teams and infrastructure teams. And that's why we brought this team together mm -hmm. where we had the infrastructure people and development people. It was sponsored by my infrastructure CIO partner as well as a CTO and I. Mm -hmm. So to really work across this value chain to say, what can we do to change this, right? Well, and, and as I sound indignant with 50 days, again, there are lots of good business good reasons. reasons. It wasn't anyone's doing something stupid. No. You've just not looked at it. it, it this is not that priority has not been... The priority before, right? DevOps mm -hmm. is telling us that you can maintain availability, mm -hmm. at the same time increase the speed and the frequency of releases. If you can do both, why not? It's actually better, cheaper, faster. So on that note, we're going to get a break on the note of better, cheaper, faster. And specifically, though, all of this required a mindset change. Yeah, exactly. In, in how you do business. And the book study was critical in making that happen. Cool. Thank you. So we will be right back.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Metcalf & Associates is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and business. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, Metcalf & Associates has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the perpetual capacity to identify and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. Metcalf & Associates offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. You are joining Maureen Metcalf and Guru Wasudeva from Nationwide Insurance, and we are talking about the DevOps journey. So thus far, we've talked about what it is, why it is, a bit of the change in mindset, the two teams you had doing the handbook study groups, but you also said you have 200 teams across application development. Mm -hmm. So how do you go from two to 200? Absolutely. So what we have been successful at is this idea that standardized approaches Mm -hmm. are actually good for laying a common foundation, common vocabulary. It's like a lean concept, right? Okay. You need a set of standards that if Mm -hmm. everybody begins to follow them, not to say that they are set in stone, but if you all start to follow them, then you can scale it and share those best practices very easily. So frameworks. Frameworks, right? And we've done this, and we've done this when we did the agile adoption across the Mm -hmm. company. That's how we did it, uh, using lean concept of standard work, right? Okay. So we used both of these experiments that we did with the Mm -hmm. two teams Mm -hmm. where we did the DevOps handbook study as well as a set of experiments over multiple months, we started to learn that some of the best practices that emerged out of there Mm -hmm. or their pain points led us to say, do we have the right set of tools, right, Mm -hmm. for these teams? So, for example, we learned that the source code management tool, the where we keep our code base Mm -hmm. uh, was not good enough. We decided Mm. to go to GitHub, okay, Okay. a new tool, okay? Similarly, we realized that um, every time there was a a new member of a team joining, Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't have a place where they could go and get the documentation. It was not easy to get the documentation. Uh, Simple things like that. Or Mm -hmm. if there was an outage or an availability issue, people would do instant messaging, uh, but then those histories, if they're not saved, you cannot really go back and see what Mm -hmm. happened, right? So there are some best practices in the industry that helps, or tools in the industry that helps you kind of provide the necessary support system Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, We used a tool called Rocket Chat that allows you to basically have an ongoing conversation amongst that team members, right? Uh, There are tools like Slack in the industry, Mm -hmm. uh, which costs a lot of money. Whereas Rocket Chat, we could install it internally. We didn't have to really do a, uh, it's an open source tool. Okay. So we decided to go with it. So we identified a set of tools for variety of different parts of the Mm -hmm. uh, life cycle that either we needed to replace or we needed to 
tuned. Okay. Okay. So New Relic for monitoring, GitHub for source control management, mm-hmm. Splunk for logging, and so on. So we not only had the best practices in terms of steps you need to take, mm-hmm. the appropriate tools you need to use in order to increase the level of automation in software development process, okay. promoting things into production, right? So we tried to harden those things with these two teams. Mm-hmm. And then we decided to really kind of document them and then say, what would be the first set of things that you need to do? If you want to really, there are 200 teams, okay? If you want to really be DevOps, mm-hmm. where do you get started? Mm-hmm. First thing that we said is you need to be at a good level of maturity in Agile. If you're not already fully Agile, then this is not going to really help you. So how do you measure Agile maturity across, I'm assuming you measured each of the teams? Yeah. How do you do that? So in many industries, there is this concept of capability maturity model. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So we have developed our own maturity model for each of these lines uh, that brings the agile best practices, level zero, level one, level two, level three. So we had already rolled that out. So we know out of my 200 development teams, where are they in their maturity level? We said, you got to be at least level two maturity, which is you're pretty advanced. So that's like 75%. 70, 75% out there already, right? Mm -hmm. Then the second thing that we said is embrace all of these tools, Mm -hmm. okay? If you're not using the new set of tools, Mm -hmm. you start to go towards increasing the speed of release or the frequency of release, Mm -hmm. you're going to fall all all over yourself, right? Then you have failure. You have failure. So we said, that's a second thing. Just embrace the tools, okay? okay? Then start to think about can you work with the business partners to break down the ideas into smaller chunks, into smaller releases? Mm-hmm. Instead of thinking about three-month-long releases, can you think about a week-long or two-week-long releases, mm-hmm. right? Again, it requires a lot of mindset shift, right? How do you encourage mindset shift? In our case, it is really encouraging each of these teams to do the book study, Okay, and so they work through it as part of the study program. That's right. Okay. Right, so we created, I'm happy to share a version of this. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's like a, almost like a going up the summit, like Everest, right? You've mm. got multiple base camps uh, where you get to base camp one, base camp two, and then you're already going up to the, the summit. Okay. What are the steps that you go through? We made that document, very nice visual document and mm-hmm. the tools available to everyone with a ton of different um, uh, mechanisms for communication, including using our Teaching Thursday, because mm-hmm. you can use that mechanism, right? right we have right. got that class every other week. And also, one of the great things about the way we are organized at Nationwide is each of these teams have Scrum Masters. Okay. okay? Scrum Master is a standardized role. They all come from one organization. Mm-hmm. We can leverage that group and their leadership to say, get educated on these concepts, Right. Okay. So you've got kind of a funnel that dist- that distributes disperses. the best practices. Okay. okay. Now, if if our listeners don't have it, they can mm-hmm. still use same concepts. Right. The book study of the DevOps handbook, I think, is a great idea. Right. Mm-hmm. We've mm-hmm. found ton of value. And then, if you have a way to really harvest your best practices and say, here are the best practices, and then you've got a small group of five, six people that are experts, that are available to help you. Center of excellence type thing. They're available to help you. They will come and make sure that your tool is set up appropriately. Mm -hmm. They'll come and troubleshoot your uh, overall uh, development pipeline, Mm -hmm. okay? Or how things go into production. Mm -hmm. So we we have got the concept of the, the handbook, book study, We've got a small center of excellence that is willing to come and help you. These are like mm, the SWAT mm. team. And then we've got the best practices published. And at this point, we're trying a new model, actually. Uh, okay. That is, when we drove Lean and Agile, it was almost a top-down model that said, we're all going to embrace these best practices, and we're going to go to do this over an X period of time. Okay. With DevOps, we've said, it's a self-service model. We have made mm. all these best practices available, and we're using competition to really drive a healthy competition amongst mm-hmm. teams. We've got prices. If you get to the base camp, 
you get this prize. If you get to the next level, you get a different. It's all team prizes, not individual prizes. Ah, oh, that's and, interesting. And uh, that team gets to display that they have achieved this level of kind of sophistication, mm-hmm. if you will. What's fascinating is teams are really motivated to participate in this kind of a gamification, right? And that has been phenomenal to really watch. We are just, I love the concept of experiments and that's what yeah. you have decided to do here is, why not try a different model? Instead of a top-down push, let's do a pull model and make all of this available. Now, for some reason it stalls. We can always go back to our old style, which we know works. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like, the, well, the other is it. this may be building on Lean and Agile. It Once is. I've got Lean and Agile, That's right. then I can compete exactly. for DevOps. Exactly. I, could you have done this as a gamification with Lean and Agile or not enough traction? I don't think so. Okay. Because, you know, Agile is such a different way of doing software development compared to Waterfall. Mm -hmm. That required, in my mind, if you left it to everybody, we would not be where we are, Mm -hmm. right? Whereas DevOps, in my mind, is a natural next step. As a result, a already mature Agile team wants to do these things, right? Uh, Yeah, who doesn't want to shorten the release time if you've already done the development? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Except maybe you release people. So Yeah. And what is fascinating is just having these metrics, like mm-hmm. the lead time, or mm-hmm. we call it speed to market metric, as well as the frequency of releases, mm-hmm. mean time to repair, and just having them by every team on a dashboard really drives the right level of conversation. Why are we spending 50 days waiting, right? What can we do to make it better? I came out of the old TQM, Total Mm -hmm. Quality Management, Malcolm Baldridge stuff. And there was one client where we posted stats on the wall. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's simple, right? Yeah. But immediately people's behavior changed. Exactly. Because they don't want to be that roadblock Mm -hmm. or or the choke point. Yeah. So just seeing if I'm at all competitive, if your numbers are better than mine, I'm going to want to change that. That's right. And I don't think of myself as uber competitive until it comes to my numbers are worse than I am. And that is just human behavior, right? And especially as a team, I'm competing this team versus that team, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's even, it's fun. And I have to give credit to my team who came up with this idea of gamification and uh, very fun. We love, love this new way of uh, doing it. And you haven't had any unhealthy behaviors? Well, you know, some teams are dramatically impacted by this, right? Okay. It's not the software development teams. It's typically all the support teams that okay. are coordinating releases mm-hmm. and governing all the change changes mm-hmm. and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And that took a while for us to really get their mindset shifted okay. because it is a joint, at least mm-hmm. sponsored effort between infrastructure, leader, CIO, our CTO and myself. We've been able to really drive through it, right? It's it's again fear of the unknown. What does this do to my job? How does that change, mm-hmm. right? So, well, yeah. I would assume there are also um, normal choke points mm-hmm. that were designed in to create safety in the system. Yes, but now those normal choke points are choke points. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the name of the proper term for that. Mm-hmm. But they're they become a bottleneck. Yeah, yeah, bottleneck. Yeah, exactly. So if I happen to be the bottleneck, mm-hmm. and I was told to be the bottleneck, that's right. Now I'm I was told a not to be the yeah. gatekeeper. Yeah, that means in some cases, my pride in doing my job. job. Now I'm being told that that's thing right. that you built your career on doesn't matter anymore, that's and right. your problem. Yeah, and that's where I think uh, you know making the various training. You know, modules available. We've got a whole concept of path to craftsmanship where Mm. we have identified more than 40 different technologies that we do uh, development in. And we are in the process of documenting best practices. How do you go from a novice to a master within that particular craft? And a lot of this is like crowdsourced and we are documenting them. So we make a lot of information available if you are motivated you will then be able to seek out mm-hmm, those things mm-hmm. so that you can say, okay, this job is going to change and maybe that's not what I want to do. I can go to something mm-hmm. else. Yeah. So if I'm not afraid mm-hmm. and I, I realize that th- there's the difference between the logical, I should change, yeah. and the... Oops. Emotional, yeah. 
I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know how to get comfortable and what yeah. if I fail and mm -hmm. all of those human things can make what seems logical difficult to do mm -hmm. yes absolutely so where are you in the rollout we've got only a couple more minutes but you yeah. had two teams mm -hmm. so now we've got around 30 teams that okay. are really adopting it for us that is it's a pretty big uh, next step like you know mm -hmm. we finished kind of curating these things at the beginning of this year mm -hmm. we've got 30 teams that are already there now in terms of tool adoption some of these tools are 100% adopted already, ah, okay. like get, get, GitHub and uh, mm -hmm. uh, those kinds of things. But in terms of going up the ladder, mm -hmm. okay. uh, so we are in the process of saying, then how do we really enable the remaining teams? Now, because of this new model of uh, kind of a pool model, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't have the same number of stats. It's kind of, I don't have the same stats as, as I would, would if, if it was a top-down model, right. right? So we will need to, we have embedded these concepts in the same maturity model that mm -hmm. I talked about. Yeah. So at the end of this year, we will be doing a pulse of where we are in our maturity. Mm -hmm. That'll give us a better picture mm -hmm. of uh, how is this pull model working or gamification is really working. And you may need to both push and exactly, pull exactly. with the last Exactly, few. yes. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing this. So in the last couple of minutes, mm -hmm. one, how would people get a hold of you? I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Okay. My LinkedIn profile is Guru Vasudeva. I know uh, <laughs> it may need a little bit of spelling. Guru is G-U-R-U, -U, like a teacher, Guru. Mm -hmm. Last name is Vasudeva, V as in Victor, A, S as in Sam, U, D as in David, E as in Edward, V as in Victor, A. V-A-S-U-D-E-V-A. Great. And if you're listening on the Voice America site, there's a profile for you. So Perfect. people can find you that way. Excellent. And so you're saying messages on LinkedIn is yeah, the best. Yeah, we'll okay. be happy to share. Uh, you know, we benefited a lot from public information like DevOps mm -hmm. Handbook. You know, we are happy to share uh, how we have taken it and how do you mm -hmm. apply it to traditional companies like Nationwide. Yeah, because Nationwide is a traditional and risk-averse, yeah. as in insurance yes, company. Yes, yes, So I want to thank you and thank our listeners. Hopefully you have heard something or many things that you will put into practice, either changing your behavior, changing your mindset, or changing how you think about the work you're doing. And that could be anything from looking at, at yourself as an IT leader and or as a leader of a very different kind of organization that's trying to find options to accelerate how you do your work, how to create a pull model rather than a push model. We talk mm -hmm. about not being so top down, but we don't always have good alternatives. Yeah. For if I don't push, how do I make sure people that's right. do what we want them to do? Yeah. And the gamification is a brilliant option. Yes. Yes. So please reach out to me or to Guru. I can be reached at info at metcalf-associates.com or on Facebook, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. And I am also on LinkedIn. Thank you. And we hope to hear from you and hope you join us again next week. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll join us then. Drive and thrive and have a great week.